Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Happy holiday interregnum, Jordan. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. What's, what's interregnum? Uh, that's the period in between two things. Oh. Or the space in between two things. I thought it was like a, like, like a humor, like a medieval humor. Yeah. Like there's black bile. Right. So. Phlegm and interregnum. (laughs) Yeah. And every year on the sixth day of Christmas, you remove a little bit of black bile. (laughs) Just a touch. Yeah. Just enough to balance things out. Yeah, well, you don't want to get possessed by a demon. No, and then you get a haircut because you're at the barber. <laughs> <laughs> and they, it's medieval times. The barbers are draining fluids. Was it? Did the barber? Was the we should be asking this question of our friends uh, from the hit Max Fun podcast Sawbones? Mm-hmm. But was the barber ba- balancing humors and doing surgeries just because he was the only guy who knew how to sharpen a knife? <laughs> I think it's because the first, you know, one of the first tools used in surgery, I guess maybe tool is the wrong word, but the first, one of the first things invented for surgical purposes is that blue liquid that you put a comb in. Right. And the barbers were the only people with access to that. Right. Because of the Pope. Right. (laughs) Sure. Pope Invincible III. Sure. If I'm not mistaken. He he made it illegal for serfs to own blue liquids. (laughs) Um, well, you know, one way or another, I'm I'm happy to have celebrated the great holiday of Christmas. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be headed like a rocket toward New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm happy to be sitting here with you, Jordan. Thanks, Jesse. Shall we introduce our guest? I would program? love to. He's a stand-up comedian. Uh, he's just back from the great city of New York, uh, where he was working on the uh, television program Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell. He was both a writer and an on-camera performer on that program. I enjoyed both of his works in that department very much. I can only presume in the writing area. I enjoyed the program overall. (laughs) I assume that his contribution was a positive one (laughs) to an overall thing that I enjoyed. And I think he probably wrote the things that he performed on camera, which I enjoyed. Guy, Guy Branham, by the way, is his name. No, actually, most of my rants about being an, uh, an angry gay guy were written by a partner named Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> she is, and just, I wrote most of her rants about being a small Indian woman. Yes, Kevin Avery was just <laughs> writing everything for everyone. Um, you guys are like Tom Waits in that way, is that you like to write from a character's point of view. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, oh! it was on your podcast that somebody made a joke about doing... Oh, uh, it was Michelle Balloon made a joke about doing a comedy concept album. And I think that that's the most brilliant idea ever. <laughs> <laughs> having a, having a, a show or an album where you adopt a totally different comedy persona? Yes. Have you thought about what you would want yours to be? I mean, obviously, Small Indian Woman, you got that. Yes. No, I, I don't think Small Indian Woman is a stretch. I think, oh, <laughs> I, this guy... In uh, in New York, this this comic did an hour, and one of the things he did is he did he basically talked about how come like truth is just you complaining about your masturbation, twenty five year old straight guy. He was like, how come my truth can't wear a wig? And he did. It was so cool. He he performed as a female Christian comic, and then he performed as like 
uh, douchey guy from Nashville, and he's from Nashville, and there was something very interesting about seeing him perform as like the kid he was raised to be, but then ended up not being. And I do think that that would be trying to figure out what kind of like shitty blue collar comic I would be um, <laughs> would be fun. That does sound fun. Yeah. You you just mentioned you're back from the holidays. You're from somewhere in Northern California, somewhere near uh, Sacramento. Yes. The SAC, our great state's capital. It's amazing. When you think of California's absolute best, what you think of is Sacramento. Sure. That place where we buy and sell rice and almonds. <laughs> the place where the, my junior state of America club went to practice banging the gavel in the state legislature. It looks like a Louisiana brothel, doesn't it? It's a whole, it's a whole situation. <laughs> it is weird that Dolly Parton welcomes you in. <laughs> The weird part about the Capitol building. I thought it was odd that they picked the motto, the San Jose of the North. (laughs) Um, Is that a thing? No, it's not a thing. (laughs) But just aesthetically. I feel terrible. (laughs) It's like San Jose without the tech money. Well, like... There are are some really nice things about Sacramento. All of California's cities are essentially the same. They're just a bunch of strip malls. And when I first got to L.A., my reaction was, oh, it's Sacramento that never stops. It's just Sacramento (laughs) that keeps going. going. Well, I think in a lot of ways, Los Angeles is like world's greatest Sacramento. (laughs) It really is. Uh, But I'm... I'm from. I'm not even from the Sacramento of Sacramentos. I'm from an hour away from Sacramento, where that is sophistication and glamour. Wow. I my um, speaking of Sacramento, my in-laws were just visiting. I had an extended conversation with my brother-in-law, uh, and and he is a student currently at the University of California at Davis, which is a very high-quality science school and one of the best ag schools. De- definitely the best in California. One of the best in the country. And he is uh, he's studying environmental studies or something like this. But one of the benefits of being at an ag school, there are two, two key benefits. One of them is you can take a class where there's a hole in the side of a cow. The hole in the cow is a big thing. Like growing up up there, you like went to Davis and they showed you the hole in the cow. Yeah. There's <laughs> a... Sounds like a... Like some sort of clapping rhyme that you would do. There's a hole in the cow. There's a frog on the cow. There's a hole in the frog and everybody's dead. <laughs> that's, that's another medieval thing, by the way. Right, yeah. Oh, here's my question. The about frog was an omen. Medieval medicine. Sure. How come the first thing everybody figured out was how to drill a hole in somebody's skull to Tre- relieve trepanation? It's like, oh, the, uh, the Incas did it. You know, um, like uh, Stone Age societies, why, why did they figure that out before, like, suturing something? <laughs> I think Cleaning they just, wounds. I think they just had a lot of drills around, and they were just happy to have other uses for them. Well, the truth is that there were a lot of demons inside of a lot of parts of the body, but they're more <laughs> visibly apparent inside the skull because the skull sort of swells a little. <laughs> Uh, guys, so you just Wait, came... I oh, want to say the second Please. thing about the University oh, of California sure. yeah, yeah. Davis. The, so number one is there's a cow with a hole in the side of it. Thank you for calling it by its full name, Jesse. I you appreciate can, that. No problem. You can reach inside. I always call the cow with a hole on the side of it by its full name. You, reach, you don't just say whole cow. You reach <laughs> That's inside offensive. of the cow and you can feel what's inside of its guts if oh, you so choose. I this never is, did that. Or just look inside. But you can feel inside. I didn't know that. I know two different people who've done that. Jad Abumrad mm-hmm. has done that, and so has Mary Roach. Hmm. Uh, Mary, a past guest on this program. Jad, perhaps someday. One so that's number help. one. That's terrifying. We're fucking with some poor cow's colostomy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you know the, what? This no, is... what does the cow care? <laughs> cow don't cow don't care about nothing. We would just eat him anyway. <laughs> That's the motto of cows, by the way. Cow don't care about nothing. <laughs> this was a famous viral video a couple years ago, wasn't it? That's number one. But number two, the thing that I was impressed by, and again, this is a major university. They have a place called the Meat Lab. Mm-hmm. Now, the Meat Lab sounds like somewhere where they're growing meat, which is terrifying. <laughs> like growing meat in a lab-type environment rather than an animal. Sure. Uh, however, what it actually is, it's like part of the, you know, p- part of learning about livestock is learning about butchery. And so you can get, like, wholesale cost fresh meat oh really including uh, house-made sausage if you are a uc davis student and you just head down there and my my brother-in-law he's got a roommate oh it's like going to like the uh beauty school to get a cheap haircut (laughs) exactly (laughs) only it's with like you know cheddar cheese and uh, cheddar cheese and uh you know uh cheddar cheese and onion bratwursts (laughs) He has a roommate that is go works there or is a butchery student or something. And he says he just always has 10 pounds of bacon at his house. <laughs> and they smoke it on the premises. This is bacon that they made at UC Davis. Why did I go to UC Santa Cruz? I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah it was you a bunch it. of fucking yurts. <laughs> to be fair, that UC Santa Cruz, they have the same program but with hacky sack. <laughs> 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 there's a there's a Satan lab. <laughs> there's the bongery. <laughs> uh, so, and so much atmosphere. A okay. lot of atmosphere. We will get we had, oh, Jordan, sorry. You had I was going to say, yeah, Ryan guy, you've California. had kind of a and I've just kind of been been, you know, from being Facebook friends with you and having a lot of friends that are kind of in the same situation is that like you kind of went out to New York to work on Totally Biased, and then the show ended. What what has it been like moving back and forth like crazy? Uh, well, it's been f- like we have these long hiatuses, and it's been fun coming back, especially at times of year when New York was kind of annoying. Um, but like, did, did either of you ever live in New York? No, uh, no. Like it was something I always wanted to, to do, and was angry that I hadn't done in my twenties when I was, you know, young and and tough and able to handle everything that it would when throw you, at me. When you were more of a carry. <laughs> um, I'm a Hannah Horvath, sir, all the way through. Uh, one of one of the great, like, weird discoveries of my 30s was realizing the point that I had completely transformed from a Miranda into a Samantha. You can't call me anything <laughs> other than a Samantha now. Um it was like it was super fun to like go there with a real job and like get to to see what it's like and I am so happy to be back. Like I am just so happy to be back and I'm like, you know, submitting for some shows in New York right now and I don't know what my next job will be and I don't know where it will be. But um I like my my life is here. It is hard when you are an adult to move. Like you and New York is like the the best place to move because like you have so many friends who are already there. You have so many comics who you know who are there. There's like a life set up for you, but it's still not like the life that I've built for myself over the past ten years. Guy, I like that you're presenting that as a universal truth. Like anyone, <laughs> we all know a lot of comics. Like you, you get off you, you get off the bus from Iowa City. You got your hat in the hand in in hand, but you know at least you know a lot of comics here. <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing is, is that it, it always, I mean, 
like of all places, like you go to Portland, you're going to know four people there. At least it is the biggest city in the United States. You are most likely to know someone there. Yeah, you know, no, yeah, that's definitely something that uh, I mean. I think I, I I go through this a lot too. Is like you, you know, you submit to write on shows, and you know, twice a year you'll get something that's in New York, and it's really fun to think about, like, you know, moving there. But also not being broke. I mean, I right. think it seems like so much fun, but I've always been so terrified that I won't make enough money to exist and I'll just be, you know, in a ditch somewhere. But I like the idea of like, oh, I get this job and I have a steady income and I get to live in that fun place. I had such a glamorous notion of what a guild income would allow me to live like in New York and I was totally and completely wrong. The most <laughs> hilarious thing is Brooks Whelan moving out there to be on SNL. I've been realizing like he's probably going to have to have roommates. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, interesting. Um, what is your, what was your New York apartment like v your LA apartment? Here in Los Angeles, I enjoyed two glorious bedrooms for no good reason because <laughs> I got the apartment when I had a nice stable job and really thought that that would never go anywhere. Uh, there's a cute little garden in the back. It's in the middle of West Hollywood. I can just stumble out of my door and into attractive homosexuals just you know ar <laughs> around just hither and yon you should Both say ex if you yon. should say excuse me though you exactly. shouldn't just be stumbling into them willy-nilly well, it's, it's about consent um <laughs> There, there are former uh, Project Runway competitors in my building. Like, it, it's just... That's amazing. Uh, you know, it's lovely. There's a Trader Joe's right there uh, in New York. I shared... Oh, first, I shared an apartment with a Colombian couple who looked at me weird if I was ever outside of my room. And there was no <laughs> lock on the bathroom door. Then I shared a room with a... Did you, did you think the Colombian couple was up to something vis-a-vis -vis the bathroom door? <laughs> I thought they were up to something about everything. Like, <laughs> first of all, how were they affording an apartment in the West Village? Like, it was in the middle of the West Village in the most... It was the cariest of neighborhoods. Like, it was the cariest of neighborhoods, but it was the most sad and girls of apartments. We should be clear. <laughs> when you say the cariest of neighborhoods, you are describing Sex and the City's Carrie, not Carrie from the film Carrie. Right. Periodically, the walls would bleed. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. And when you had when you had sexual thoughts, you would be locked in a closet with a bunch of knives pointing at you. <laughs> Piper Laurie did such amazing work. <laughs> It sounds like your situation with the Colombian couple is a little bit of a flipped version of uh, the movie The Visitor. What was The Visitor? <laughs> That's where, um, oh God, Richard Jenkins uh, goes to his, his wife dies and he goes to live in a uh, uh, New York apartment to find that there's like um, a Middle Eastern couple squatting there. Oh. And he tries to help them get legalized. I, I did not see that. Okay. I have to tell you a really- And he learns to play the drum. I have to tell you a stupid story about that apartment that I have never told anyone. Um, there was, like, you looked at the at the mailboxes, and one of them said Elizabeth Holtzman, and I immediately said, 1970s Congresswoman Elizabeth Holtzman, <laughs> who ran for Senate and then lost? Is she in her 70s and now sad, and I will become best friends with her, and we will talk, and then when she dies, she will leave me her apartment that is red-controlled? So I then found Elizabeth Holtzman's email and emailed her and was like, is that you? Should we have coffee? And she's like, no, I'm a partner at a law firm. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever find that Elizabeth Holtzman? No. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad she dropped the F-bomb on you. You deserved it. Yeah. You were being a real prick. I, I, <laughs> I am characterizing her language. She was a lot more for, former congresswoman about it. Dear fuck shit. <laughs> <laughs> Where 
do you think you get off, asshole? <laughs> the worst part is all of that, like all the time she spent thinking of all of those swear words, all billable hours. <laughs> <laughs> And she bills at senatorial rates. Sure. Despite the fact that her campaign failed. I used to be a lawyer, and the most annoying thing on the planet was having to figure out in six-minute increments what I had done with my entire day when I had spent significant portions of my day shitting around or writing jokes. Yeah. Like, it was horrible. And every job I have, I have to remind myself, at least I don't have to at the end of the day, defend what I did all day long. <laughs> what, kind, what kind of law did you practice? Uh, I... Barely practiced. I was it was only for like six months after I graduated from law school, and I did insurance defense law. And um, across my office from me were binders that had all of the different kinds of cancer that all of the ladies in the Central Valley had, who I was trying to stop from getting money. Mm-hmm. Oh no! And my, I have a friend who has that who, ju- who just graduated from law school works in exactly the same field. Like me, he didn't try that hard at law school. Mm-hmm. Um, and my specific job was to make number one. It's a she. They oh. can be lawyers now. <laughs> but what about when the hysteria creeps in? What do they do in court? <laughs> when when their uterus begins moving about their body. <laughs> you know what? It isn't a problem. You let out a little bit of mucus. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, what do they get those uh, vibrating things to relax them, right? Yeah, you get a okay. relaxing massager. This is all just anachronistic medical information. <laughs> it's super exciting. That's mostly what this podcast is. Yeah. But no, I was... It's my... called Sawbones. <laughs> uh, I still want to know what those Canadian guys do. I, I haven't listened to their podcast yet, but I've heard it advertised enough that I am like, those Canadian guys, what do they do? They're the best. They're uh, like us, but nicer. <laughs> it's Canada. Um, I, I specifically was responsible for making embarrassing medical facts about the women admissible in court. Wow. So, so it was my job to basically just try to come up with bullshit, like, logical relationships between the crazy number of abortions that Latinas in the Central Valley have had and how that could have related to their cancer. Oh, oh my, my God. That's... Wow. I would, I it, can understand why you became a stand-up comedian. It was horrible. A lot more fun. You had a big big hole to fill with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on your career change. It was it was fun to think, well, by, me being bad at this job is probably a good thing. But also realizing, like, I need to go into a field where I can try hard at something and not be the devil. <laughs> <laughs> that if you succeed, you aren't awful. Exactly. That's nice. Well, uh, at least you were you were sticking it to the right people with your billables. It's true. It's true. My my shitting around was sticking it to the man. They, I'll tell you what. When it comes to billable hours, what's bad is not I. The only person who bills me billable hours is my accountant. Mm-hmm. When I say my account, Maximum Fund Incorporated's accountant, the firm bills by the hour, and with you know they bill me for every email they reply to. Every you know what I mean. And it's one thing to get billed, whatever it is, $200 an hour or something like that for the main partner accountant to do my taxes and do, you know, keep me from paying taxes to the government so that it doesn't build roads and so forth. <laughs> but it's another thing when when you see the, the bill, when you get the bill and you realize you're getting billed $100 an hour, like for the receptionist to answer your phone call, mm. like that's when you're like, oh, they got me. Uh, they bill you because you opened the uh, Christmas card they sent you. Yeah, exactly. I worked. I worked at a. Uh, I worked at a law firm. Law firm for a little while, 
and uh, I was getting paid, you know, eleven dollars an hour, but they were billing for my time at like forty. <laughs> You know, or 50, something mm-hmm. like that, for me to, like, make photocopies or whatever. Um, and I always was like, ah, oh, just want half of it. Give me a 50-50 <laughs> split, right? That's what pimps and prostitutes probably do. 50-50? I never, I never thought about it from that perspective, but they, they are taking more off the top than pimps and not dressing as well. I know. <laughs> and I was, and I should mention, I was blowing the clients. <laughs> huh. And you still only got that base 11 yeah, bucks, just huh? just that base $11 an hour. Huh. Sounds like I mean this kind of sounds like the beginning of Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I mean you. This sounds this sounds you know like maybe you could be doing something with this that you know that Jordan Belfort did with penny stocks. Well, I mean the, the one the one nice thing about the job mm-hmm. with regard to Wolf of Wall Street was when someone would blow a handful of cocaine into my <laughs> waiting <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as I understand, it is something that happens. Both of you have seen, seen it. Yet. Both of you have. Oh, you have seen. Wolf I have of, seen it. Yeah. Okay, I, I just saved all of my my Oscar buzz movie mojo for for saving Mr. Banks. And once that was over, <laughs> I was just so wowed that I haven't I haven't been yeah. able to take on anything else. You've just been you've just been like kind of on the floor taking it all in. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Oh, with regard to Oscar bait, can I run a sentence by you guys? Sure. Two sentences, and you guys can tell me if you think it's funny. Great. Potential tweet, maybe something else. I All don't right. know. Just something, something with that uses sentences. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Something that uses English. Sure. If you speak ill of Kate Blanchett, I can't be held responsible for what I do. Guy, I, that's was not even on the table. Okay. Please, I'm insulted. You would even think I would be going down that. Understandable. Road. Hey, look, when it comes to Kate Blanchett, he's a regular Ned Rock and Roll. <laughs> he loves her to the point where he would marry her. <laughs> oh yeah, that's her. That's her husband, Ned Rock and Roll. Yeah. That's weird. Uh so I caught a guy with his hand in his pants during a showing of Saving Mr. Banks. I guess some guys just like to masturbate to Oscar bait. <laughs> Do you guys like that? It sounds similar. That's what I yeah. think is funny about it. I mean, it it rhymes. Yeah. Also. Anyway. 7 out of 10? 8 out of 10. If you could work in a practically perfect in every way, sort oh, of. Oh, ha- yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, I think that's just without having seen Mr. Banks. I guess I just know it as, I mean, I guess I think of it as like a quintessential Oscar bait movie. Yeah. Is that true? Is that? I mean, it is It is the amazing cliche, but it isn't a nice movie. Most people I know have, have really disliked it. Yeah. Ms. Erin Gibson on, uh, on Throwing Shades spoke uh, highly of it, and that made me feel better because everyone else has been like, it is a sour and mean movie. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, a woman gets to be a tortured artist for once, huh? Oh, here's my big problem with criticisms of Saving Mr. Banks. Please, please. Everyone wants to say, oh, it's a movie that's about selling out. Oh, this, why are you celebrating this movie that's just about selling out to corporations, corporations, corporations? That requires that you believe that Mary Poppins is a bad movie that was a horrible compromise. And anyone who can watch that movie and think that is a moron who doesn't like songs about suffragettes. <laughs> yeah, flinty-hearted moron. <sighs> I don't. That's how I would describe someone who doesn't like Mary Poppins. Yeah, a flinty-hearted right? moron. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that is that is weird that they think that that they think that Mary Poppins bastardized that character. Yeah, it's. I mean, like there is something kind of contrarian and fun about the fact that it's a movie where, like, the magical person who is saving you is a millionaire in charge of a gigantic corporation who's trying to teach you to be happy again. <laughs> also, as I grow, I mean, with with each. With each passing year, I become less and less concerned with selling out. <laughs> I'm super into it now. 
I don't want to. I would like to lease my soul to someone. I oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Maybe like Blackwater. I don't care. Black water, black fish, anything. <laughs> I will do mean things to a whale. Sure. But for only like a couple, like a, for a, maybe like two years. Exactly. And Wait, can I ask you one clarifying question about the blackfish one? Yes. Only toothed whales or also baleen? <laughs> um, Running joke, we mention baleen whales a lot on the show. Yeah. Uh, my, my passion for scrimshaw um, uh-huh. is, is, is boundless. Sure. And, sure. and if I get to do enough mean things to a baleen whale that eventually his or her jawbone is up for grabs, <laughs> hey, all the better. Hey, the cribbage is on, y'all. <laughs> Do they make cribbage boards out of That's like scrimshaw. the number one thing you make out of scrimshaw. I didn't know. A cribbage board. Once I was in a 15-passenger van with a quiz bowl team. And there was a great <laughs> argument about whether anything rhymed with rib job. And the, the best assertion was scrimshaw. <laughs> so, Man, your high school years sound like a lot of fun. You mean my law school years? <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. This is Vince. This is Teresa. We host a show called One Bad Mother. We're a comedy podcast about parenting. Not a parenting podcast. And for some reason, we seem to be most popular among single dudes with no kids. (laughs) Weird. The only advice you'll get from us is when we tell you to stop feeling like for being a mom. Or a dad. Or, you know, a single person with no children. Find us on iTunes or at MaximumFun.org. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I am Guy Branham, foam aficionado. Really? <clears throat> I really... It, since you've been in this foam-enclosed space, or just, just overall? No, just since I've been in this foam-enclosed space. Oh, I maybe thought, like, in the 90s, you went to a lot of foam parties. <sighs> I wish. I did <laughs> I did read the Wikipedia entry for Ibiza yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> what does Wikipedia have to say about Ibiza? Oh, long, rich Carthaginian tradition. Wow. Yeah. Does it mention that it's a party island? It does. Uh, and it made me kind of want to go there, but only while being a 22-year-old, like, British person. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the ideal person to go over to Ibiza. Yeah. I think I think that is a perfect metaphor for approaching middle age when you look at the Wikipedia entry for Ibiza. <laughs> well, the horrible thing about me is that, like, I always was that person. Mm-hmm. And I went Wait, through... which person? The, the Wikipedia person or the Ibiza person? Uh, no, I was the Wikipedia person. I was very much like a book learning person. And I did go through a phase sort of in my... Even when you were in law school? <laughs> <laughs> yes, when I was quiz bowling left and right. Um, it's one of the weird things about, about being gay is like, well, at least when you're me, I came out when I was 23. And so like, I didn't have a proper adolescence. I didn't sort of like do stupid stuff like that. I was busy learning and being responsible. Um, And then, like, in my early 30s, I did sort of have a, you know, go out too much, hang out with stupid gay boys a lot. And they're wonderful people. But, um, (laughs) like, and I honestly, it was interesting to sort of, like, 
go and taste uh, L.A. clubby world and and see what it was like and realize that everything 54 and Boogie Nights and Saturday Night Fever had told me about nightlife being terrible and tearing you apart is kind of untrue. And those people are lovely and it's fun. Guy, I, mean, I, don't, I, you, I, guy I don't know if you remember this at all. I think the first time we met, I think it was at the Abbey. I had a... I think you knew my old roommate Lauren. Oh, and she would like she would like take me to gay bars. It was one of those like, come on, it's fun. There's a bunch of straight <laughs> girls here, and they'll be less. They'll be like their defenses will be down, so you can trick them. Was it Heather Thompson's birthday? Oh, I don't know. Good question, guys. Yeah. Let's get into this. Yeah, <laughs> America demands to know if it was Heather Thompson's birthday. <laughs> okay, excuse me, Jesse Thorne. But a light, breezy conversation about what happened at gay bars in West Hollywood is the thing I've missed most about being back in California. <laughs> I'm just trying to welcome him back in. It is sunshine for my soul. If you could <laughs> now list a number of Calvins and Derricks, then <laughs> it'll all be great. <laughs> There's Calvin who works at Rounds. There's Derrick. <laughs> Thank you for not lose it using last names. There's yeah. Calvin Klein. There's oil Derricks. <laughs> a, a lot of homosexuality happens on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> you think oil Derricks are by their very nature gay? Okay, does anyone want to learn about mid-90s sexual harassment law? Yes! Actually, mid-80s. One of the... Why do you think we invited you on the program, guy? Uh, your, not your legendary wit, certainly. <laughs> it was your facts about 80s sexual harassment law. So there were these guys who were on like an oil platform in, um, the, uh, in the Gulf of Mexico, and they were all straight, and there were like nine of them on it, and... They just kept like doing shit to one of the guys, like shoving shit in his ass and stuff like that. <laughs> and so he sued for sexual harassment in the Supreme Court of this United States. Or maybe it was a, a, a federal appeals court. But somebody fancy said, you can't have sexual harassment if everyone involved is a heterosexual man. They were like, that's not sexual harassment. <laughs> it's something. Just take it like a man. <laughs> Is it just, it's just standard harassment. That's uh, what's prevented me from suing Jesse all these years. It's standard harassment of a sexual nature. <laughs> but I think because it was taking place offshore, not under state laws, they need, he needed a federal law, and there weren't sort of like federal laws for just harassment, harassment. There was only oh. sexual harassment. He had to sue under that for he some reason. He would have had to sue in an aquatic court. <laughs> <laughs> it was an admiralty. <laughs> He needed a jag. <laughs> oh, God. Like, or an NCIS. A whale. <laughs> Either a jag or a whale lawyer. Sure. A narwhal? Yeah, sure. They are, they are the, the Jews of the sea. <laughs> I like both Jews of the sea and barristers of the deep. I think both of those are great. I feel like there is not a gangster rapper in America who is not in an interview or in a uh, uh, in an interview or in a song described a need to get a good Jewish lawyer. <laughs> and it, I'm really, I have a really hard time taking it apart and putting it back together. Not so much in my mind as in my heart. Every time I hear it, so they do say that. They say, "Oh yes, absolutely." Specifically, you're looking for a Jewish lawyer. <laughs> Like that's their that's their rule. Like you, it could be the it could be a guy on a bus station uh, on a you know a, a bus chair. What's that called? Bus bench. 
bus bench advertisement. Bus chair. Uh, it, it could be a guy who's argued before the Marine Court or even a Maritime Court. But it's, he has to be Jewish. Sometimes you don't have the time to go over someone's CV because you are too busy drinking purple drink. So you just take a look at his dick. <laughs> yep, exactly. On the on the topic of bus chair, yeah, uh, I think one of the one of one of the most hilarious of those that I accidentally did of just calling something kind of what you think it is, uh-huh. but there being a better name for it. So I was at a uh, costume shop once looking for, uh, and you think I was I was playing a scientist. And I think I'm like, uh, I need one of those um, scientist robes. <laughs> and he's like, you mean a lab coat? Scientist a scientist robe. robe. <laughs> you know, one of those scientist robes. It would be great if if most scientists did their science work in like a sort like a lounge robe, robe. house shoes. Yeah, exactly. Like a quilted silk. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like sure. a nice mid-century sulka number. <laughs> I just like the idea of the like the world of scientists and maguses never separating at some point in the Middle Ages. <laughs> Wait, can I mention something about speaking of speaking of robes? Yeah, I was looking at this robe on eBay. This is the kind of thing I do with my time. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm looking at this robe on eBay. It's a beautiful by Sulka, which is this company that no longer exists. So no, recently. Let's get into this for a second. Recently relaunched when the uh, when the retailer Mr. Porter bought the brand name. However, really it doesn't exist anymore. But they were famous for their, among other things, their robes, and just unbelievable, gorgeous robe. And it was, I thought, ruined by the fact uh, that it had someone's initials on it. It was monogrammed. So, are we talking silky or are we talking, we're talking silky? We're talking silky, but we are talking about a thick quilted silky. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, no shit. I mean, this is serious. Yeah. This is the kind of robe where if you went out to buy it right now, first of all, no one but maybe Tom Ford would sell you something like this, <laughs> and it would cost you $5,000 plus. <laughs> so this is a gorgeous, gorgeous robe. And But when something has a monogram on it, as a robe often does, you're sort of like, what am I going to do? I mean, it's one thing to wear someone else's clothes. It's another thing to wear someone else's monogram. I feel like that. I mean, that was like me in high school. I used to buy at thrift stores a lot of like um, mechanics shirts with like Mike or Jim on it and thought that was really, really funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the, at the time, that was America was obsessed with the prospect <laughs> sure. of buying a mechanics shirt with someone else's name on it to the point where five years after that, you would go to the store and buy a mechanics shirt with someone. <laughs> right. Like, someone had, had already done that. Yeah. At the, someone had done that for fashion reasons. What's the name of the goth store in the mall? Hot Topic? Yeah, that's where you'd buy it. Okay, so anyway, moral of the story, however, the monogram was A-Z-Z. Wow. (laughs) That's like the greatest monogram in robe history. (laughs) Wait, what... What middle and last name start with Z? What was this guy's name? It was probably crazy. I don't know. His his name must have been Zorker. <laughs> Zibwick. Let's assume Armenian of some sort. <laughs> like that just it points in Armenia word direction. You get the you get the robe in the mail. Yep, pocket full of dominoes. That checks out. <laughs> it was Do I smell cumin? <laughs> it was just gorgeous. It was just I really it was too small for me, sadly. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry guys, bad news. But that was gonna be your as tapping robe. <sighs> Man, I was going to get so much ass in that robe. Robe ass? Oh, man. Man alive. But about... I have a lot of fun on eBay. That's the moral (laughs) of the story. Pretend thrifting. I just feel sorry for, like, university-level history students, like, 75 years from now, 
who are going to have to read horrible papers about the weird way we fetishize working class, like, culture and behavior. And, like, they're going to have to... Or American studies people three years from now. (laughs) Exactly. But that'll just be sad, like, ugh, my uncle is so stupid. Why does he have that beard? (laughs) (laughs) But, like, 60 years from now, it's going to be, wait, what? So they (laughs) built pretend butcher shops in part of... Brooklyn that's now underwater. <laughs> Why were they drinking out of mason jars? <laughs> oh my god. If I see another wedding photo of tiny baby mason jar uh, <laughs> with your name like on a little card I, around um, it. I went to I have been really annoyed ever since an incident I described some 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 months or perhaps even years ago on this program where I went to my local grocery store and asked for veal because I was making meatloaf. And uh, the butcher there uh, didn't know what veal was. Uh, And then when I described it to him, thinking that maybe because English wasn't his first language, he just didn't know the word for veal, uh, he said, oh, that's messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Which, granted, it is. But I'm trying to make a meatloaf here. But it's so full of delicious collagen. I know. I'm trying to make a meatloaf. So I, I went to an artisanal butcher in northeast Los Angeles. Thinking this is the solution to my problem because all I wanted was a butcher. Yeah. All I wanted was to be able to go to a place where there was a gentleman or lady who knew a lot about meat and had the different types of meat available to me. You know what I mean? There was, when I was a kid, we used to go to the butcher in the Mission Market Mall in San Francisco. This is where you would go, that you could get a nice chicken. You know, they would tell you about what the why you want a roaster versus a whatever. You grew up in San Francisco proper. I did, I did grow up in San Francisco proper, right near the Mission Market Mall. <laughs> How many episodes of this podcast have you listened to, guy? Yeah, come on, guy. You just said you've listened to this show. <laughs> I listened to like two. <laughs> so still anyway, no excuse. Still no excuse. Anyway, you know, you'd go to the butcher, and the butcher would say, "Ah, oh, no, you want this piece of meat." Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the butcher you want. And so I went to this artisanal butcher, and I'm not, frankly, not against artisanal shit. I kind of like it. And especially now that I'm a member of the middle class, slash perhaps even upper middle class, I appreciate the fact that it's available to me to get the good shit rather than the mediocre shit. However, I went to this butchery in uh, Los Angeles's Tony Los Feliz district, and they had for sale... Literally six types of meat. Not six not <laughs> small six batch, small meats batch. from animal. Not six animals of meat. Six different cuts of meat. Why? I don't know, because it's a because it's what the fishermen brought that day <laughs> from the feedlots. That's it was insane. That's crazy. I went because I wanted something. I don't even remember what it was, but they only had there was like four choices. It was like, well, you can have a pork shoulder or nothing else. You're fucked. Yeah, I feel like that's the you know that's that's the downfall with those places a lot. It's like, oh, you want no no, you want one of what we have. We you know don't better. want you don't want what you want. You want this thing that we have. I do always love a boutique that only has like seven t-shirts in it. And you're like, <laughs> oh my sure. god! But it's got four women and DJ in there, and yeah. it's like I'm impressed. How is this open? <laughs> And you get a little paper cup of wine when you go in. Like, the, the, the terrible thing about hipsterdom is I do appreciate all the lamb. You know, I do appreciate <laughs> sure. I like lamb. living in a world where duck happens a lot. Hey, duck you know is what? really good. You know what? You know what I say? 
yeah, it's annoying. Go ahead and infuse that shit with sriracha. It's delicious. <laughs> yes. If you infuse something with sriracha, it'll be better. There, like, there is this, like, beauty that they are going after, but they're going after it in such, like, a aggressive, ham-fisted American way <laughs> that they're, like, all poetry is lost. We've got the most lavender in our vodka. <laughs> I know. I mean, I think that's that's the reason why that that stuff is like kind of fun to complain about. It's because it's you know you like it. It's good. You like experiencing it until it gets too annoying. Yeah. Like there's this little I don't know. There's a little cliff you fall off of, like the um, like the the little yodeler on Price is Right. It's like this is awesome. Oh, look at that guy's beard. Uh, you know. My- I I will say this as a professional menswear blogger. <laughs> <laughs> I. I, um, you know, I participate in this world. And the thing that makes, the, the one thing that makes me the most uncomfortable, specifically about what you were talking about, about sort of this uh, assumption of, of working class aesthetics uh, and sort of pretend assumption of working class values, is not necessarily the class part of it. Although there are certainly, there are certainly parts of that that are absolutely gross. But I, I mean, there's a part of me that says... You know, if rich people want to have a really nice version of a plain thing rather than a really gaudy thing, fine. Yeah. Rich people have always been rich people. But the part that makes me really uncomfortable is I feel like uh, the aesthetic part for men is there's a really strong element of uh, uh, like, uh, all right, I'll go in a boutique, but I ain't no faggot. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, eh, yeah, I'll go in a boutique, but only if it's got axes. Sure. No, like that's that's a really solid and interesting argument. I have long maintained that uh, CrossFit is just no homo Pilates. <laughs> yes. But and part of the thing that bothers me. No, no, sledgehammers. We got sledgehammers. <laughs> We're carrying those around. And and look, I mean, I I also you know I also feel like there is room. I I I appreciate the idea of heterose- masculine heterosexual aesthetics. I think that's fine to have it as a thing that exists in the world. I'm, as a straight guy, I don't want aesthetics to belong solely to women and homosexuals. Right. But it's sort of, there's something a little dicey about it. I, I'm just like, if you're going to spend that much time cultivating an aesthetic, why not be hot? Like, why not? <laughs> but it, it is this thing of like, oh, I can't put all of this energy into having abs because that would be faggoty. Instead, I will like perfectly sculpt the hair on top of my beer belly. <laughs> and that's sad and disgusting. And, and also, the thing that bothers me most is like, I worked very hard to have an effete and ridiculous life. <laughs> and I am proud of that. I'm, right, I'm, I'm with you so far, guy. <laughs> and like, all like, I, I've tried to work on a joke on it and I've never really gotten the answer, but something around if I put, if like if I dress on a, like a farmer, someone will expect me to do work. Like I, <laughs> yeah. like that is just, it has so many like stresses of having You see to... your lifestyle essentially as an overlong pinky fingernail. <laughs> <laughs> like a symbol that you're not prepared to get up from your chair. Like, exactly, because I, like, my whole life was being trained to be a member of the working class, and, like, 
I still have night fits that I will have to go and be one of those people. And if your dad was a dentist, it's a lot. I, I get that it would be hilarious and fun to dress up like a plumber and <laughs> and do that. But like, God, no. I guess I guess for me, I guess the 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 point for me where it falls apart is when it when it dips over into look at me. Yeah. You know, it like it like, you know, I I know, you know, I think we all know what it's like to see like, you know, a nerd with a cape on the street or a guy who's wearing like a, you know, a cape in public or, you know, or a guy who exercises all the time who's not wearing a shirt for no reason. <laughs> but the thing sure. is, is at least that is a kind of honest as a gay man I will defend that. Uh, <laughs> that's a kind of honest look at me that you're accepting. The problem is is when you're you're Outfit is saying, look at me, but then you're verbally saying, no, 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 this is just who I am. <laughs> sure, yeah. Right. Like, it's not weird that I'm wearing a top hat and riding a unicycle. You're the one with the problem. Exactly. But also, look at me! <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think... I can think. You guys, can you guys have a second? I just got to go throw away my unicycle. <laughs> oh, buddy. It's great. I think just don't wear the top hat while you're on it. Well, I got to wear the top hat or my head will be cold. The top hat makes the outfit. <laughs> no, you're right. Jordan, with a two-foot-tall head like this one. <laughs> I do like the idea that you are Coco Chanel, like, at the end of your outfit, always removing one accessory, but that accessory is always a unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made it out of the house with a unicycle yet. Maybe this giant alarm clock around my neck is too much. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think, I think when, when it becomes... Oh, this is a conversation piece. Someone is doing this. And that can be whatever. It can be your fucking beard. It can be your well, there's also, duster or whatever. Or, you know, or it can be your infused lavender, what have you. There's also a similar relationship to hipsterdom and race where there is... I was always fascinated by the uh, ironic uh, cover of, like, hip-hop or R&B or pop song <sighs> where you remove all of the trying Ugh, and sure. just, you know... Show how Just show how someone else is a better songwriter than you are. <laughs> yes, but but you're so good at being over it. Yeah, and that is a it's a weird sort of like. Well, I'm going to play with your culture, but then I'm going to show you that I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, we've taken hipsterdom down a peg. Yeah, finally we someone win, finally someone did it. I know. I know. No one has been speaking out against any of this. Look, These I'm are sorry. Totally unique observations. If I had been able to find a decent purveyor of plus size ironic T-shirts in 2005, <laughs> would have been a different path, and I would have a much more successful career right now. You didn't look through the classifieds at the back of the fader. I didn't care. <laughs> Right right after the feature article about Electroclash, there was something there that See, you could have. It's horrible taste in music that has always held me back from being able to be a part of the cutting edge. Yeah. Is my... what, what's, the, what's the hump? What, 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 what can't you jettison? Oh, I mean, it's, I just like things that are fun and happy and about the possibility of a boy liking me or not liking me. <laughs> uh, and anything that is about uh, a cold weekend in Montreal where a woman <laughs> broke up with you, but you both knew that you still loved each other. Yeah. I don't have the patience for that. That's fair. Do you feel like, I feel like that kind of like, kind of like, you know, vigorous appreciation of pop music is kind of a hipster thing these days. It's like, yeah, I listen to Kesha and of Montreal. I feel like that's that's pretty pronounced these days. Um, I can never pretend that my liking of Kesha is slumming. <laughs> um, it is because... I know Kesha was the bad... I know, I know that's a three years ago example I just But Your gave. Love Is My Drug is a really good song about <laughs> just needing someone. 
Um, and and I can't, I just can't bring myself to like the respectable music that I know is like I understand that I have trashy and bad taste in Not this area. Not even Steve Reich. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> the only responsible music that I like is um, who's that guy who wrote. The Holland 1945 and <laughs> Neutral Milk Hotel. I like Neutral Milk Hotel. That's pretty good. I mean, that's, that's their wall of soundy. But no, I like them for the worst reasons. I like them because they are like wall of, of the, the girl group influences. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you like that someone's playing the saw. <laughs> yes. Would it, would it help if you listen to like, I don't know, like a Band of Horses album, but you imagined all the band members having beehives? <laughs> um... Or if they had like and being ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> God, if there were black girls, if there were if there were black girls doing Brooklyn music, I don't know how I would like. I might fall in love with that. Isn't that Solange? I was just gonna. I don't know what Solange is doing these days. She is to me just a punchline. Does she? Does she do Brooklyn? She, yeah, she makes. She sort does. Of, yeah, kind of, kind of trippy indie rock uh, R and B. Yeah. Yeah, that Janelle Monae has impressive hair. I'll probably fall she in does. love with her four years from now when she's irrelevant. <laughs> I think she's got. I think she's. I think she'll be even more popular four years from now. I think her her relevancy is on the way up. Probably right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sure. She's very talented. Very. Jesse Thorne. What should I listen to when I go home? What should I listen to? I don't know. What do I know from What do I know from rock and roll music? You're a menswear blogger. I'm a professional <laughs> menswear blogger. Yes. But I'm a professional menswear blogger who drives around listening to Fela Kuti, so... Um, I don't know what that is. That's something... Hey, I you might enjoy Fela Kuti. What is Fela Kuti? He's a Nigerian musician. Okay. From uh, He's a, sort of the king of African pop music. Of oh, the, the person 1970s. who Fela was written about? The yes. Broadway musical? Exactly. I know about Broadway musicals. <laughs> Did you see the Broadway musical Fela? No. Well, you missed out. It was really awesome. Okay. I watched that shit. It was fucking tremendous. Um, I saw some sort of documentary about slaves and they talked about, um, drumming to communicate to each other and it made me feel like I should, I would maybe like African drumming. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. See the movie, The Visitor, yeah. which includes African drumming. Uh, Jesse, what should I listen to? What res- oh, respectable... Oh, res- Jordan. Uh, oh, Jordan, okay. I'm sorry. They're both Jays. No, no, I get it. I Happened... spent a lot of time on the road. Yeah. I listened to like one and a half of your podcast. No, that's fine. I've been through a lot. <laughs> I, that's totally Mr. Fine. Jordan Morris. Yeah. What should I listen to? Oh, geez. Okay. Let's I'm something pretty that's... sure that guy just listened to the Smodcast. <laughs> you may have just listened to the Smodcast. What is a Smodcast? <laughs> Kevin Smith's podcast. Oh, Smodcast. No, no. I listen to Rhea Butcher and Michelle Balloon. <laughs> no, those are two good episodes. Yes. That's, good picks. That's, good that's, picks. That's, that's plenty of research as two far cool as I'm ladies. concerned. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What should you listen to? Something that has some sort of, some sort of poppy element to it. Yes. But maybe isn't totally dissimilar from Neutral Milk Hotel. Yes. Let's see. People will make suggestions on our forum. Yeah, people right? can make suggestions on the forum. That's yeah. exciting. That's fun. Guy, everyone's going to pick new music for Guy Branham to listen to. That I will buy and listen to once and then go back to my Carly Rae Jepsen. There you go. Go for it. I say go to town. <laughs> We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Do you think it's okay to finish someone else's food? Do you have a fight with your friend over whether or not he should wear his Phillies garb to a Colorado Rockies game? 
does your wife want to keep a chamber pot in her art studio? If so, please do not write in to Judge John Hodgman. I heard all those cases already. Judge John Hodgman is the show where I, John Hodgman, adjudicate disputes between real people calling in over the Internet, and I tell them who is right and who is wrong over such important issues as is a machine gun a robot and is it okay to go through the garbage at the Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage. Bailiff Jesse Thorne rounds out the cast for a fun-filled podcast of judgment and justice. Kind of two of the same thing, actually. Judge John Hodgman, take a listen if you do not mind. I order it. Come visit the courtroom. It is open to all and located at MaximumFun.org. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hey, we've got a sponsor on this week's program, NYC PodFest. We are a co-sponsor of NYC PodFest, which is happening January 11th and 12th at Fontana's in downtown Manhattan. Uh, Some of the best podcasts the Internet has to offer. Uh, You can like them on Facebook and follow them on Twitter for updates. Tickets are on sale now. NYC (laughs) NYC PodFest. Big laughs, big shows. Intimate stage, nycpodfest.com, and you can go see Risk there, our hey. friend Kevin Allison. Oh, Risk, live Risk shows are a blast. I always love going to them. I think this is uh, definitely something you should do. Do you, follow, do you follow Kevin Allison on Twitter? I do. I feel like anyone who doesn't follow Kevin Allison on Twitter should follow Kevin Allison, Kevin Allison on Twitter. It is I? We've been working with Kevin for a couple years now, and... He's been a guest on Jordan Jesse Go a couple times. He's just the wonderfulest, sweetest guy. And his Twitter feed, unlike a lot of comedians, it doesn't. It's not mostly jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly, it's just a running commentary about the crazy ass kinky thing he did the previous day. <laughs> like he's like, "Does anyone have any advice on puppy play?" Is a recent <laughs> sincere thing he posted on his Twitter. Yeah, Kevin's the best. Follow my, him. My favorite thing about Kevin Allison is he never doesn't appreciate uh, an emailed photo or video of an Asian man. Yeah. If you can find an Asian man in any situation. Do you think he saw 47 Ronin? <laughs> he absolutely, he's, a, God, Kevin Allison's a delight. Uh, and Risk is a delight, too. If you're not listening Great to show. it. Great show. Great show. You're a turkey. Hey, we have something up on the Jumbotron. Something for Jeff from Emma. Yeah. Happy 25th birthday, nerd. Between introducing me to JJ Go 2.5 years ago and that time you got drunk and posed as a waiter for that awkward couple on a blind date, you're my absolute favorite. You're the funniest person I know, and I'm glad we've replaced pissing mom off by fighting with confusing her when we can't stop laughing. I love you, big bro. Oh, that's sweet. That's really sweet. Big Brothers. Hey, we have two big Jordan Jesse Go shows coming up. Yes. Number one, in February, we will be at SF Sketchfest with special guest Rob Corddry. Yes, that's right. Rob Corddry. You know him from film. You know him from television. You know him from, uh, hey, maybe you run into him in West Hollywood sometime. Uh Rob Corddry, one of our all-time <laughs> favorite guests on the program. Uh, and tickets for that are on sale at sfsketchfest.com. And I will mention also uh, that will be on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, and then the following day, I will be doing a tribute to the great Mal Sharp, one of the founding members of MaximumFun.org, half of Coil and Sharp, the stunningly brilliant uh, put-on team. And it will be me, uh, Matt Walsh, Matt Besser and James Richmith of Casper Hauser plus Mal. 
who is a genuine San Francisco legend. And if you have never heard Coil and Sharp, go to the Coil and Sharp podcast in iTunes. You can find it in the Maximum Fun, Maximum Fun Room. And I recommend, as a starting point, download the episode called Maniacs in a Living Hell. <laughs> Uh, this is where the two of them go up to a San Franciscan, tell him they're offering him a job. It turns out it's in a pit. It turns out the pit is a recreation of hell. And it just goes from there. <laughs> it just goes from there. And at the end, the guy says he's definitely interested in the job. Um, and we have one other show coming yeah, up. Live on a battleship. Uh, yes! January 25th on the USS Iowa. We're finally doing Jordan Jesse go on a battleship. I, I know. You guys have demanded it. When are you going to do the Battleship show? Every day we get email after email after email after email. When are you going to do a show on a genuine World War II battleship? $20. Uh, the show starts at five fifteen. For $35, you can get a ticket to the show, which includes a tour of the battleship before the show. And uh, and it's gonna all the proceeds are gonna go to a veterans charity. You can buy tickets at maximumfund.org. Yeah, it's twenty dollars for the show, thirty five dollars for the show and the tour. I really recommend the show and the tour. Um, that's cheaper. The that's a, a bargain, even just relative to taking the tour. Uh, it's in San Pedro, which is in the port of Los Angeles, right here by L.A. And all the money is gonna go to uh, this wonderful organization called Swords to Plowshares that works with veterans and especially homeless veterans. Um, uh, they're based in the Bay Area. My dad used to work there. Oh, great. Um, and, and many of my dad's friends have, uh, over the years, have received services from them. It's a really great organization that focuses on direct services to homeless vets. A huge percentage of the homeless pop population uh, are veterans. Um, and it would, you would be shocked. And uh, they, need, they need services, particularly because of the both physical and uh, non-physical disabilities that uh, service often entails. So... Um, we're really proud to be doing this show, and we're also just excited to be doing a show on a battleship. Basically, a guy who works on this battleship emailed us, and he said, and, just as a joke, he said, and if you ever wanted to do a show on a battleship, <laughs> and we're like, yes, of course we want to do a fucking show on a battleship. The lesson here, if you work somewhere weird, we'll do a show there. Yeah, we're, it's going to be in an officer's mess. Great. Yeah, I know, right? Awesome. Do you think we're allowed to wear captain hats? Dear sex dungeons, we will do a show there. Why did Why did you have to say it was going to be in the officer's mess? Because I was seriously imagining it on deck, <laughs> share turning back time style. <laughs> <laughs> the plates fly over us. <laughs> if you, I will be wearing that outfit from the video, though. You will be able to see my ass. Guy, can you give Cher a call? <laughs> If she comes, we'll do it on the deck. Okay, okay. Because that was available to us. We just didn't want to raise the expectations too high. And also, if you know anyone in the Blue Angel, <laughs> those two things are what we're looking for. Um, so you can go to MaximumFun.org. You can buy your tickets now, and we insist that you please do. That is going to be such a fun show, and we really need you to come out, Los Angeles. Do it. Don't fuck around. This is for this is for charity. It's the only time you will ever have the chance to see a podcast recorded live in the belly of a World War II battleship. <laughs> the same place, by the way, where FDR planned D-Day. There you go. It's this a, is going to be our D-Day. It's going to be filled with history. In this case, the D is for laughs. <laughs> and death. <laughs> oh, yeah, death. Just as in the other D-Day. Sure. There will be many, many deaths. <laughs> will so, it be you? <laughs> <laughs> Only one way Come to find, to find out. out. Are you going to have Brits and Canadians simultaneously podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe we should. Maybe we could arrange that. 1,000%. Oh, and this show is coming out 
Let's see, right before the first. Oh, and as an appetizer, we're going to be serving a bay of pigs in a blanket. (laughs) This show is coming out right before the first of the year. However, I will say this. Go to MaximumFun.org. We are dropping a huge pile of great new announcements on the first. Um, I'm not going to go into what they are because it's a secret. You have to find out on the first. Uh, But follow at MaxFunHQ on Twitter. Uh, you know, like Jordan Jesse go on Facebook, go to the website on the first. We're, we got some really cool announcements coming up on the first. I also want to mention, just while we're taking care of business, uh, 40% off everything in the Put This On store. So if you're in the market <clears throat> for some pocket squares, uh, I made a special discount code. Go to Put This On, click on the link on the sidebar there, and use the code uh, JJGoFan, and you will get 40% off anything in the entire store for this week only. It's after Christmas sale. Do it. I extended it special for Jordan <laughs> Jesse Go fans. Because I'm fucking pocket squares. It's winter. Off. You owe it to yourself to be dapper. That's what I'm saying, Guy Branham. Take it from my gay friend, Guy Branham. <laughs> <laughs> it's winter. You owe it to yourself to be dapper. Guy Branham, guy wearing shorts right now. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm Guy Branham, um, person in a room. <laughs> he is. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't call him on that one because it's the yeah. truth. Nobody's calling bullshit truth. on that. That was the crack improv skills that I trained from uh, a class and a half at UCB. It shows. You, you know, really found the game. You know what? I think I'm going to change my nickname from here on out to The Tremor. <laughs> because I have been suffering from a mild tremor. Oh. No, because you love the movie Tremors. No, it's for my neurological medication. Then you would have to call yourself tremor. The Graboid. Oh, you be The Tremor and I'll be The Graboid. Okay, great. Done. I don't know what that means. Oh, that's the monster from Tremors. Oh, great. But so, those are perfect. also the monsters from Dune and those section, segments outside of Beetlejuice when they go outside of the house. They use those sandworms over and over again. You're right. That is the same the same puppet. Yeah. Can we? Can I be Nathan Fillion? Is he in that movie? <laughs> Tremors? Yeah. Should be. No, Kevin Bacon? <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Yeah, well. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. You're They're thinking, both fun guys. Yeah, you're thinking of Reba McIntyre. <laughs> right. Should, Wait, Reba's in that movie? Yeah, she totally is. You know what? Tremors is great. I recommend everyone rewatch Tremors. When Lily Tomlin was on uh, The Sound of It was on Bullseye not that long ago, I watched her show Malibu Country, which stars Reba. And I cannot recommend this. I cannot in good conscience recommend the show to listeners of Jordan Jesse Go. However, fucking, I mean, obviously, I mean, you know, Lily Tomlin's a comedy legend. Lily Tomlin's doing a great job. Uh, Reba McIntyre is great. No wonder people like Reba McIntyre. <laughs> I was a re- she was tremendous on that show. I was a regular viewer of Reba. And it's interesting. What she's doing isn't acting, but it's loud and in the right direction and works. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. You just want to be have fun with Reba. Yeah. What's up, Barbara Jean? That was great. <laughs> Thank it's a really you. good Reba. Oh, hey. Guy Branham music recommendation? I think it, it, it hit me while we were doing the, okay. doing the break. So you're looking for something. Yes. Kind of fun. Yes. Has a wall of sound quality to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. But also that gets you a little bit of hipster cred. Yes. The TV on the radio album Dear Science. Okay. A lot of fun. It has a danceable quality to it. Lots of noise. Lots of different kinds of noises. And also uh, you will, you know, if a hipster looked at you sideways for liking that, they're, they've got some hipster problems. I will, I will take a stab there at that. There you go. 
They got some serious hipster problems. Yeah. Uh, UC Davis way, has a I, really good deer science I went to program. my hipsterologist <laughs> recently. Yeah. I got a real problem with my hipster. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about getting a hipster replacement surgery. You know what's good for that? An artificial hipster. <laughs> yeah. You know, something out of titanium. I mean, I like. I mean, I like to take an Eastern approach to this. Have you thought about hipster puncture? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't trust the hipstapuncturist. I would rather have it done hipstamatically. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's introduce. We have a fourth person in the studio making it. Wait, wait, even... can we keep doing this? No, <laughs> done. We have a fourth. We have a fourth person in the studio making it even more uncomfortably hot. It is the holidays, mm-hmm. and for that reason, I've got family visiting. Mm-hmm. You have family visiting. What do you do? Oh, Je- Jesse, I'm sorry. Have you tried hypnosis? <laughs> <laughs> Branham, 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 Branham. Yeah, fuck you, brother John. <laughs> no, my brother, my brother John Thorne is here. Hello, everyone. Hi, John. How are you? Of course, if if you guys know John, it's probably from his career in healthcare consulting, mm-hmm. yeah, or his previous career at a high end grocery store in West Portal, San Francisco. That was pretty glamorous. Yeah, well, it was in Glen Park, but whatever. At, at Glen Park. Excuse <laughs> Thanks, me, at, brother. At at one point, you were the beverage buyer. I'm not trying to brag or anything. But John is a guy who purchased beverages, chose what beverages were purchased in quantity. Yeah. I worked at the store, and I I chose the beverages and the beer, more importantly. Did you go on any junkets for the store? A couple. Yeah, I went on a couple junkets. That that means like a beer convention, right? Did you go to a beer convention? I went to two beer conventions. Cool. Sounds like a real party. For free. On profession, so, a professional business. Yeah, and I got paid for it. Did you have to like taste it and then spit it into a bucket? No, no, Could no. You just pound. Your convention is not a wine convention. Hmm. Wine conventions are for pussies. But what? <laughs> but but is there a strong position, one, John? Strong position. Number I was one, in the beverage. I would say it, wines also <laughs> wines a beverage. A different yeah. Number two, yeah. is there a rivalry between these two types of convention? Number three. Are you just plat- hammered the whole time? No, no. You get progressively hammered. That's how getting hammered works. But um... <laughs> <laughs> Right. You're not hammered at the start. But I mean, no, no. after no, a everyone... couple hours of walking from booth to booth, how could you not be hammered? Beer and food conventions, everyone who is working in the food and beer convention, everyone's going to work at the food and beer convention is hammered the entire time. Yes. Seems unsafe when they put together and take apart the booths. <laughs> yeah. It isn't safe. In the Middle Ages, everyone was drunk all the time. All those barbers who were carving holes in people's heads That's yeah, you drunk drink off the their water. asses. Could not drink the water. It was safer to drink the ale. You, you and I know a little something about the Middle Ages, guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my brother, my brother listens to the show. Yeah, almost every time it comes out. Sometimes my, they get a little far it's very, behind. It's but, really uh, sweet. He's my yeah. only relative that listens to the show. I guess our other, our <laughs> other brother no, probably Brandon listens. listens. He even listens. more religiously than I do. He li- wait a minute. You don't listen religiously? No, not anymore. I had been I led did. to believe. You think that the you show's listen- gone downhill? No, no, no. I just got a little bit more of a life and <laughs> don't have as much time to listen to nonstop pod- comedy podcasts. So you listen agnostically. So, yes. so you decided to you you're going to stick with comedy bang bang. Yeah. yeah. No, that's but fair. you're going to listen to Jordan Jesse go based on who the guest is. Yeah. And whether or not Jordan is solo hosting. <laughs> <laughs> then you do not listen. No, no, then I do. Listen. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, you know Jesse. What? Sorry, Jesse. That was mean. I'm sorry. I'm Fuck sorry. you, my yeah, own brother. You can kick me out if you want. My own brother. Okay, look. Full of betrayal. Have you listened to Throwing Shade? Yeah, I listened That's to That's a charm a minute. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> it Let's all go around and recommend podcasts. I've, other I've probably listened to all the Max Fun Con, or not Max Fun Con, Maximum Fun podcasts at least once. Yeah. But which ones? Which one do you throw out on the curb? 
Memory Palace. Fuck that DeMeo, no, am I right? Oh, my God, do I love Memory Palace. Uh, Memory Palace is good. This is good. My brother and brother, and my brother, my brother and me is good. Stop podcasting yeah. yourself, the oh, Canadian great. guys, guy. <laughs> Spy's great. They seem let's very charming. A, let's get you a Vancouver gig. You can go up and do stop podcasting yeah, yourself. that would be, be lovely. David Graham are awesome. Different colored money. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure, yeah. Different people on the money. <laughs> Loonies. Did they just switch to plastic money, or was that the Brit- the Britons? Oh, the I Britons. don't know. It may have been the Britons. I don't know what's going on with foreign money. money. The Britons. Can uh, Australia has this weird like panel of cellophane in there, and if it's against your skin, it makes you sweat. Oh, shit. interesting. Have you guys seen the new one hundred dollar bills? Does There's... that does that mean that if if I was in Australia, I would have to take this wad of bills out of my underpants? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it does. I feel I, bad for their strippers. <laughs> to answer your sweaty, sweaty strippers. <laughs> just strippers. The strippers in Australia get back to the changing room or whatever it's called, and they just have to peel the money off of themselves. <laughs> no, that's the best <laughs> idea. A country like launches a new currency, everything's fine, and the toxic shock on strippers <laughs> left and right. <laughs> the strip club's called Perspirations. <laughs> Um, John, in response to your question, I have seen the new $100 bill. There's a lot going on yeah, there. There's way too much going on on there. I mean, it's cool. It's cool. The hologram thing is cool. I'd like I'd like to have more holograms in general. Yeah. Just in and also everything. those things that they call holograms. I don't know. It's the thing where if you tilt it, it, it does an action. Oh, sure. The picture shows an action. Oh, yeah. Like uh, sport flicks baseball cards. <laughs> yeah. It's like an old school gif. I'd like to see more sport flicks baseball and When you cards. scratch them, it goes... <laughs> yeah, it that's, that's the other big advantage of them. Especially if you scratch two of them against Whoa. each other face on face. Yeah. Just put them on either like side Like if you're simulating your, your favorite baseball player's fucking... Some face on face action. I Did you know that a listener sent me a crate of his baseball cards? Uh, I didn't. That's right. I, I don't have his name handy or I would thank him personally... Uh, for sending me his garbage. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, I just, uh, well, before we before we move on, yeah, I want to say thank you to the listener. Uh, a nice, a very nice gift we got. Uh, I forget the gal's name, but she knitted uh, she knitted me some lime shaped coasters. Ooh. Oh, yeah, and they're Lovely. terrific. They're yeah. terrific. And we just got a from, really fun, crafty gift from editors at Little Brown and mm-hmm. First Second, uh, respectively. Uh, senior editors, mm-hmm. I will add, at both publishing houses, a bunch of free books, which was very nice Thanks, as well. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Jordan, Jesse, Go listeners, just overall. Hey, how about speaking of that, can we address Joe Pagak's uh, illustration that he recently created? <laughs> we can, yes. Okay, so not some months ago on this program, we discussed our theme for 2013, Immortal Power, Plug It In. And we discussed what I believe was a poster that I... I discussed a poster that I imagined would be a sort of an illustration of that idea. And that is, it's a Toms of Finland style illustration, which is a kind of erotic men's, gentleman's art. Um, Toms of Finland style illustration of Tyrese, who's a (laughs) beloved... A beloved figure on this program, mm-hmm. uh, both because he was so great in the Fast and the Furious movies and because he's been nice to Jordan on two separate occasions. Three? Uh, a few. A handful. A, f- a, a handful, handful of separate occasions. Jordan including, is. But once just – and the one that was important was randomly on the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once unbidden on the street. And uh, Tyrese – sorry, that was me. Mm-hmm. Tyrese – geez, double. I'm sorry, guys. I'm blowing up a over here. A lot of bloops. Tyrese says – uh, Tyrese is on top of an orca, 
he's cresting, you know, out of the water. There's a tumultuous aquatic scene behind him. He's nude. And his dick, his heart, his erection is... I don't have to explain what this is to you guys. Sure. I think we've all had erections here, except for my little brother. And, um, he's, I mean, this is just a little kid. Sure. I am 11. He's, 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 his intimacy, he's sharing intimacy <laughs> with the orca's blowhole. <laughs> and at the point, Beautiful. what I will call the point of intimacy or the love point there's lightning bolts shooting into and out of the sky. <laughs> they obscure, so you don't necessarily need to see the erection. I mean, I'm sure Tyrese, if Tyrese's erection is as lovely as the rest of his body, you know, face, muscles, every part of Tyrese Singing voice. Singing voice. <laughs> Acting chops. <laughs> then One-liner delivery. On-screen charm. Yeah. Um, then it's a lovely member. But you don't need to see it to understand the connection between man and beast, the immortal, powerful connection that's happening between man and beast. And Joe created the most beautiful painting of this. He took Toms of Finland one step further with a fully a fully oil-painted depiction of this intimate act. Is this here? Can I see this? Oh, absolutely! You want you want me to load it up on my telephone for you? Yes. I'll 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 say this. Uh, I'm I first of all very grateful for him uh, to him for creating this. I will say that when it started to get spread around on the internet, like this is something like people are like, have you seen this? And they'll like tag me on Twitter or hashtag JJ Go or put my name into Facebook or something. Sure. So I saw this. You know, I saw people kind of sending this around and had no idea what it was. <laughs> I did not remember this conversation at what? all. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> but he and I think I think he even I just handed it. He, to oh my god! He even emailed That's us. Beautiful. So much more realistic than I imagined was possible. It's. I mean, it's beautiful. He's clearly it just like that time that you has, really saw Tyree's fucking whale's uh, blowhole. Well, the funny thing is, is that Benjamin Franklin actually originally. Um, attached a string with a key to it to a black man uh, blowhole <laughs> fucking uh, yeah. a whale That's because where electricity it, came because from it, yeah when he uh, invented electricity but he wasn't as hot as Tyrese so it didn't work so we had to go with yeah. the whole kite thing sure right. mm-hmm. anyway Joe well you don't know just about the Middle Ages guy you also know about uh, kind of early American history mm-hmm. I posted that what a smart guy. moral of You've the done story a quiz bowl, haven't you. <laughs> Moral of the story, I posted that on my Tumblr, jessethorne.tumblr.com. We posted it on the Jordan Jesse Go Facebook, and we posted it on the new Jordan Jesse Go, uh, the, the Max Fun Reddit. Yeah. So if you search for Reddit Max Fun, you can find it there. You can upvote it if you like. Hell, you can downvote it if you don't like. <laughs> I don't understand why you would downvote it. I down- feel more alive having seen it. Right? <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? It's would great. You... And I'm sorry I maybe didn't respond when people were sending it around. I don't mean to. I don't. I don't mean to. I didn't. I don't want people to think I was unimpressed by it. I just didn't know what the fuck it was. Look, I <laughs> loved Megan Cott's paintings of us as cats so mm-hmm. much that I hired her to do a portrait of my dogs for my wife for mm-hmm. Christmas, which was very well received. It's beautiful. It is. It's a very beautiful portrait. Uh, but uh, this might top Megan's portraits of us as cats. It's tough to say. That's it's amazing. tough to say 100%. It's fucking adorable. It's It's stunning. It is stunning. Okay, look. When something momentous happens to you, the listener, we ask that you call us at 206-984-4FUN. 
for momentous occasions. Let's hear the first call. Hi, JJ Go. Uh, this is Avi Noquind. I'm momentous occasion. I just finished up doing some dog training, and as I was driving away, I saw another dog with a backpack with a leash attached to the backpack, and it was leading a miniature donkey, just like walking <laughs> down the street. <laughs> and uh, now I know the next thing I have to teach my dog. Bye. Working together, we can make a change. What are people doing to their dogs these days? We thought, I mean, the last week Working we had the together, dog. We can the dog do holding the umbrella. I don't know about this. Man, that's so beautiful. The, the dog was leading a donkey. Is that Put that dog on the hero dog's calendar. That's January 2014. If I have anything to say, where about was it going? What you do? <laughs> Where's it going? A, a petting zoo? Mm-hmm. Delivering. <laughs> Let's say, how about this? Maybe the donk, which is a name for a miniature donkey guy, maybe the donk got lost. Mm-hmm. And the the dog, which unfortunately he didn't tell us what kind of dog. I'd love to have heard that. But the dog, I mean, people are leaving out crucial information on yeah. these calls mm-hmm. in their efforts to keep it pithy, which I appreciate. They're leaving out. But also be descriptive. I imagined it as a larger mutt, like the thing that Punky Brewster owned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. That's perfect. Yeah. And it's got one of those little backpacks on. Yeah. It's got donk food on one side and <laughs> like a little, like, you know, those backpacks where it has the water hose that comes out and you can drink from sure. the water hose? Yeah, yeah. It's like that, but for donks. And it's got a special fitting for the big front teeth. <laughs> and uh, camels, camel sack. It's mm-hmm. called donk sack. Yeah. And, uh, it's yeah, it's taking it back to the petting zoo because uh, the children are worried that the donk is missing. Sure. The, the, that might be the case. The llama's there. Do you have an the alternate theory? The alpaca's the- there. Do you have an alternate theory, John? I'm pretty sure the dog was born and raised in Oakland, and the donk <laughs> has never been outside of its petting zoo, mm-hmm, probably right. somewhere the dog was just an showing hour outside it of Sacramento. And yeah, they met. They met up. The donk was like, "Look, I don't know this town. Yeah. Uh, I'm, so trying, I'm a, trying to get. I don't places. know. I don't know the town. I don't know the town. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, as, as, a, as, as a area representative, I do have to call it the town. Jesse knows yeah. this as a fellow yay area representative. Yeah, when you're in the nickel dime, you call it the town. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nickel yee dime. Yee for all my Frisco homies. Shout mm-hmm. out to, and I won't do that. So, the donk. Yeah, unheard has, of on this show. Yeah, yeah. Unheard of. Please, John. <laughs> The donk makes friends with the dog. A lifelong friendship is formed, attaches the leash to the donk, and they go on their merry way to the HP Pavilion or whatever it's called now. Yeah, they're headed to the HP Pavilion. The Oracle Arena, I think. The Oracle Arena. They're going to watch the Warriors game. Yeah, or watch the dubs. They're going to go see a Lil Wayne concert with some 14-year-old girls. Who knows? Yeah, go check out Lil Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, Weezy F Baby, number one stunner. What are you? What are you people doing with your dogs? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, Teaching them to bring donks to hip hop concerts you know, in Oakland. Little dog backpacks are really great because yeah. if you go for a run with your dog, the dog likes having a job. Mm-hmm. Dogs always mm-hmm. like having a job, and it's uh, if you're like a lady or whatever, uh, you know, like a lady or whatever. <laughs> Some you lady. Can, yeah, yeah, I've heard of those. Or whatever. You can put your keys in your phone in the little dog bag, mm. so you don't have to carry them in your hands while you're running. Stick mm-hmm. that in your pipe and smoke it, Jordan. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I choose my dog solely on what errands I needed to run. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is terrifying. The animals are clearly organizing themselves, working with themselves. They right. don't need us to own them or take care of them anymore. Well, what's cross-species revolution. They seem to have some sort of caste system. <laughs> the, yes. dogs, the dogs are the bosses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe the dog works for the donk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the dog. I mean, like kind of serfdom. The dogs are the closest to the humans. Mm-hmm. So right. 
you know, the kind of the orders come down yeah. from them. Either the dog is bringing the donk somewhere. The human or... is the pope yeah. of the of this animal revolution. Or the donk owns the dog. Anyway. You think yeah. the donk might own the dog? Yeah. So the donk is taking the dog for a walk, and it just looks like the dog oh, is leading no, the dog. I don't know about that. You said it was a case system, so I'm thinking the dogs are the slave class, mm, maybe. and the donk is like the equestrian class. I'm just ironic. saying, stop doing Wait, weird Wait, the equestrian <laughs> class? Yeah, then ancient Rome, the equestrian class was the business class. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was just the, what they called the horses. <laughs> I was a history major. <laughs> I just, I just. That donkey's gonna be riding that horse, am I right? (laughs) Just let your pets do pet stuff. Don't make your pets do weird stuff. Who defines pet stuff, though? What's what a pet does? This is not normal. No, it's like having jobs. I like Jesse's argument. Dogs like having jobs. They like doing things. Mm -hmm. Just expecting them to stay in an apartment and do nothing. I'm not saying the dog is having a bad time. Dog's probably having a great time. I, this is probably great the for the dog. I'm just saying it's it's just fucking weird on purpose. It is weird on it's purpose. It's just weird on purpose. The backpack alone is weird. It's you going know, on in Oakland. I blame Jean Kwan. <laughs> oh. She's the worst. My uh, She loves donks. My uh, my aunt Gail mm-hmm. used to and and her partner Deb used to go to uh, a big park in Oakland mm-hmm. with their husky club. And um, which is a club for owners of huskies. It's not for husky lesbians. <laughs> Although my aunt Deb was coincidentally a husky lesbian. It can't be both, Jesse. Um, well, it is functionally. It's yeah, both. That's what I thought. Um, Sorry. Go ahead. But my uh, my aunt Deb and my aunt Gail would uh, go to a park in Oakland, and uh, they would mush their huskies with uh, cart, you know, dog carts that were on wheels, because there's no snow in Oakland. <laughs> That's Oakland's a great place. I think that's the more my moral of the story is Oakland's a, a really great place. Um, you know, you want a Vietnamese sandwich? Oakland's your spot. Oh yeah. You want to mush a husky in non-snow with roller ro- roller mush? Oakland's your spot. Would you like your possessions to be stolen out of your car or truck once every six months? <laughs> Oakland's your spot. Yeah. Um, it's Oakland's more like got the game on lock. <laughs> the game is on lock in Oakland. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's take our next call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. This is uh, Brian from the Chicago suburbs calling with a momentous occasion. It's 10.30 in the morning on Christmas Eve. It's one degree Fahrenheit, and I'm stuck in traffic behind an old Chevy Suburban. There's something wrong with it, I think, and its exhaust is blowing perfect smoke rings, just nonstop wow. while we're here waiting for this freight train. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Anyway, Immortal Power, plug it in. Uh, can I mention something? I just realized why the donk. Sorry, I didn't listen to that call. <laughs> why the donk and the doggy are friends? Because mm. game because recognized they're... game in the bay mate. <laughs> yes, JT the bigger figure brought them together. Yep. <sighs> Thank you for shutting down me and Guy's conversation about gay bars earlier. Because you know what? That was too regional. Yeah. I'm glad we're doing this that everyone can enjoy. You don't know about we're Oakland to rap reach... artists from 1988 no. <laughs> or wherever JT the Bigger Figure is. Time <sighs> He's still working. He's, he was watching some of his web videos yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. That's He's weird. got a record label. Can run. there be a separate podcast oh, for this yeah. stuff? Yeah, sorry. Can we, can we break off and do a separate podcast? Let's do two. Well, okay. Oh, Jesse, two podcasts. Podcast. Me and my brother talk about barrier rappers from the 90s. Oh, hell yeah. And the two of you talk about your friends. <laughs> sure. We ho gay bar gossip. <laughs> Nothing but. Jesse, if you don't do this, I'm just going to do it on my own. We have more calls, Julia. <laughs> Wait. No, I want to say yeah. one more call. Let's, let's hear it. 
Oh, sorry, guy, guy, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. I, I wanted to say off of off of your discussion of your aunt, that suburban is clearly a reincarnated old lesbian who just loves blowing <laughs> sure. smoke rings, and it's like a Christine situation, mm-hmm. but she's a helpful old lesbian, so she just solves problems. She doesn't kill anybody. Oh. Thank you, Maybe guy. I mean it might not have been a suburban. It might have been a cartoon tugboat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> tug. Smoke, blowing smoke rings. Hanging out with uh, Russell Crowe, <laughs> fighting around the world. South Park Does Russell Crowe bro uh, blow t- smoke rings? No, the South Park episode where Russell Crowe has oh. his tugboat and he's beating it up all the That's time. That's right. You're a man in your twenties mm-hmm. who has an encyclopedic knowledge of South Park, you're like most men in their twenties. Yeah, after yep. like age nineteen, I kind of stopped. Yeah. Um, let, let's take our last call. Hi, this is Mason from San Francisco. I'm actually in Pomona for the holidays with my in-laws, and I actually just saw a Cholo grandpa. Yes. Uh, he had a white mustache, sunglasses, a Raiders hat pulled down low. He had his uh, denim shirt buttoned up at the top, no other buttons, riding a low-rider bicycle through the streets of their neighborhood. Uh, I think that was the first time I've ever seen a Cholo grandpa. All right, moral power. Plug it in. <laughs> That's the first time you've ever seen a cholo, Grandpa. Don't come to my neighborhood. Yeah, Speaking right. Speaking of there's having no, the game unlocked, there's no shortage of. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There's this. There's this cholo Grandpa who lives in my neighborhood, um, and I see him out on the street. I don't know what he's up to, but I see him <laughs> really regularly, like a couple times a week. He's up to and the man moves very slowly. Like he's got to be. I mean, it's hard to say because he's got one of those weathered faces. He could be fifty or he could be eighty, um, but he walks with a cane. He crosses the street where there's no crosswalk across a giant Los Angeles terrifying arterial road. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am afraid of him. I'm physically afraid of him. Like, (laughs) I'm worried that he's going to beat me up at all times because of how fucking... Just your fucking his (laughs) eyes, man. This this (laughs) motherfucker's eyes are like... Anyway, the guy who called in... I think it's a. I think it's interesting that uh, he was having Christmas in Pomona mm. because of his in-laws. I can only assume that his wife's father is rapper Sugar Free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Jesse, regarding the being afraid of the cholo grandpa, just don't salt his steez. and yeah. won't fuck up your game. When you guys were growing up, did you have a middle tier rapper map of California? <laughs> no, Jesse just listened and educated. They're little me. Pu- little pushpins with their faces on it, and he would put them all around. Yeah, I think calling these guys middle tier may even be a little bit generous. Yep, and you don't is... need a map; you just need a copy of Murder Dog magazine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you if got you a copy of Murder Dog, then you are all set. Um, well. That's it for momentous occasions. Yeah. If you have a momentous occasion in future, email us at jjgo at maximumfund.org or call us at 206-984-4FUN. John Thorne, my uh, middleest brother, thank you so much uh, for coming on Jordan Jesse Go and for visiting me in Los Angeles. I love you very much. Well, I love you too. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I am Guy Branham, um, plantar fasciitis sufferer. I'm sorry to hear that. That's a difficult disease because it's very painful. And uh, it's difficult to know how to resolve it or whether it will resolve or what time on what timeline it will resolve. I just shouldn't have worn fun summer flats in, uh, in New York so much. Yeah. It was a mistake. You were trying to have too much fun. Exactly. You should have been concentrating less on fun or and at, more on practicality. At le- at practicality is I need to focus more on practicality. 
or like just uh, rubber insoles. What are we talking about, like ballet flats? <laughs> uh, uh, I had a pair of espadrilles. Um, I had a pair of like lace-up keds, mm-hmm. and then I had some flip flops with no support. Just ridiculous, stupid flip flops that you shouldn't wear anywhere. But California, where you're always in your car. You you are imagining yourself having a resort-like lifestyle mm-hmm. in the village. <laughs> yes. Well, by then I was on the Upper West Side, so it was even more stupid. The Club Med of New York. <laughs> Um, in in that there were a lot of women around who needed to manage their facial hair more. Yes, <laughs> that was very Mediterranean. But you got some Jordans on now. Uh, I have just Nikes, just some Nikes, just yeah. some Dunks. I don't know what Jordans are. Oh, Air Jordans. I don't oh. know. I guess I are those, Jordan are has those, his own line of sneakers at Nike. <laughs> yeah. Are those like a, are they a specific subset? I don't know. You know, I feel like anytime I see someone with like kind of kind of that look like, you know, rare. Uh, Sneakers, I call. I, I guess I just think of those as Jordans. People, what about Air Max ninety fives? Oh, I don't know. We're we're we are now past my knowledge of all of this. Well, so there's a lot of guy. There's the you're, if you're talking about Air Jordans and Jordan brand, you're talking about two different things. That's number one. Okay. The, if the, just because you see the Jumpman doesn't mean it's an Air <laughs> Jordan sneaker. All right. It's sort of like a matter of whether it's canonical or not. Jordan. Sure. Okay. Um, you know, Michael Jordan had his own signature se- sneaker line, new one every year for the past 25 years or so. He was very good at basketball. You got it. <laughs> you got it. And acting. Hey. Wh- which West Hollywood gay bar did you learn that factoid at? <laughs> which, which quiz bowl uh, <laughs> cram sesh? Uh, on the wall, it totally biased was his number, which I think was 42, but I don't know. Uh, 23? 23, that number 42 was 42 is Jackie Robinson. 42 is... Been... It's also the answer to life, the universe, and everything. There you go. <laughs> also, I, I, did, I watched... I, I watched like 20 minutes of 42 with my parents on uh, like that two was days nice. ago. It was a terrible movie. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Even with even with old Harrison Ford? Oh, he sure was gruff. It was him at his gruffest. Yeah. We've never seen him gruffer. Harrison Ford doesn't seem to know that he's in the movies that he's in anymore. <laughs> that's really true. <laughs> oh. But, you know, he's having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. He's doing it Harrison Ford style. I mean, if people want you to be in a bunch of movies, you'll be in a bunch of movies. Harrison Ford's living his life. There's also fine. something about, about him being that successful, but also realizing you got that one Academy Award nomination in 1985, and it's never going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. Never never be respectable. Just... I guess I'll just be in Ender's Game, That's <laughs> what he said to himself. He's got to get that guap, you know? You got to. He doesn't have enough money yet. <laughs> um, okay, look, here's the deal. San Francisco, Los Angeles, buy your tickets now. Go to MaximumFun.org. Do it. Click through. We're going to be in San Francisco. We got these two special shows in San Francisco, one Jordan Jesse Go show, one uh, Mal Sharp tribute show. We've got this amazing show on a fucking battleship for charity in San Pedro. It's right next to Los Angeles. Don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. Let's just say Southern California area. If you are in the greater Southland, I say if you don't come to this thing, you're fucking up big time. You're fulfilling the classic Southern California stereotype that you don't believe in anything. I bet Sugar Free is going to come to this all the way from Pomona. Do you hear that, Encinitas? Yeah, exactly. What's that? Hey, caretakers on Catalina Island, get on a fucking boat and get out there. Inyo County, we're talking to you. Inland Empire? (laughs) All of the inland, Inland Empire. Burbank? Wake up from your nap. Come down. 
Get out of the Bob's Big Boy. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, actually, I mean, stop by the Big Boy and get me a burger on the way, yeah, please. Could you get Bring us a couple burgers the from the Big Boy. The one in Toluca Lake. Yeah. <laughs> Can you step into the Big Boy in Toluca Lake and say hi to Drew Carey while you're there? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, see, this is something we can all agree on. Everyone except the audience. <laughs> Drew Carey. But seriously, if you're in L.A. and you don't come to this show, you're fucking dead to me. Come on. Come to the show. Well, what we'll you... probably have a great guest. Fucking going to Ask Cat or some shit. Fuck you. <laughs> How often do we do these shows? Basically never. Once every 18 months if you're fucking yeah. lucky. This is for homeless veterans. Wow. Homeless veterans we're doing this for. Don't you want to have, like, a moving face that you can put with the menswear blogging? Don't you want to have that yeah. context? Yeah, if you just, if all you know me from is put this on, you accidentally listen to this program. <laughs> you want to see where that comes from. Just do, look, just, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not here to yell. The truth is that if you fail to come through for me this time, I'll know that you'll never come through for me again. You'll be dead to me. I'll cut off your podcast feed. I'll kick you in the balls if I see you, and I won't buy you a latte. Even in a situation where it seems like I should buy you a latte, like I just like they helped a you, latte like they helped your move or something. You move or something? Yeah, yeah. After a move, you want a nice hot latte. I know you're sweaty, <laughs> hot. You just dairy lifted a couch. Latte. Yeah, whole milk, <laughs> three shots, extra hot, and then you just dump it on yourself after you've moved. Oh, Jordan. Yes. We're doing the Ask Me Anything. Let's do it. Jordan, Jesse, go the Ask Me Anything. We're doing it one week from the release of this program. It's uh, Isn't that right? Next Monday, yes. Next Monday, it is the 8th. Let me get the what exact date. At? I'm going to look at a calendar that's Tell on my phone. Tell me what the GD date is. I'm going to. i got to move to from December. Jordan. got to move to January. Come on. Let's look at January. You know what this is? We're going to answer questions about anything. January 7th. That's exciting. I know. What time are we going to do on this? On the Max Fun Reddit. We're going to do it. We'll start. We'll start at... Uh, 9 a.m. Pacific. Okay. Noon Eastern. Great. And we'll just see how far we can we'll see how far we can take Once it. Once it peters out. Yeah. You know. So 9:30 ish. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to go from <laughs> nine till 9:15. Um, but just search for Max Fun Reddit. You will find the Max Fun Reddit, and you can post some shit up on there. Yeah. It's really gotten lively lately. It, I I should hope so. I We're... enjoy I enjoy the Max Fun Reddit. I'm going to ask Jordan what products he uses on his hair. I use... Uh, no, don't tell me oh, here. okay, okay. Save it. All right, well, save it for the AMA. <laughs> uh, guy... You... I bet the, uh, the audience is on pins and needles right now. <laughs> guy, you got anything fun that people can come check you out at? Uh, well, it is San Francisco and Los Angeles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in Los Angeles on uh, January 11th, I'm going to be doing Talk Show, the Game Show, as part of uh, LA Riot Fest. Oh, and cool. So you should come to that. Um, and I'm also doing it at uh, Sketchfest on January 31st. Tell me what Talk Show the Game Show is. Talk Show the Game Show, surprisingly enough, is a hybrid of a talk show and a game show. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a three-guest talk show, and you score points by doing the sorts of things you're supposed to do on a talk show, like uh, name-dropping or plugging projects or talking about your charity, and then a lovely panel of judges uh, evaluates your work, and I would love to have both of you boys on on the show at some point in time in future. We would, we would love yes, to. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Consider this a yes. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about swords to plowshares. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's three points right there. And my good friend Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Somebody's figured out the game. Julia Smith on the boards this week. Oh, Brian Misha Fernandez is our producer. Our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. You can discuss this show on the forum, forum.maximumfun.org, on the MaxFun Reddit. On our Facebook page, just search for Jordan Jesse Go. So many options. Or so on, many options. On Twitter with the hashtag JJGo. I love to see an interesting tweet about Jordan Jesse Go. It's a lot of fun. Hey, get in on the conversation. <laughs> Everybody's buzzing <laughs> about JJGo. Guys, you're on the internet. You might as well sound off. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.